Welcome back to the latest edition of the Spurs Insider Podcast. We are live. We ventured back into the newly disinfected, hopefully secure again, Spurs Insider Podcast headquarters. The uh, the soundproofing is back. We are joined again by uh, Spurs beat writer Jeff McDonald, who has taken time out of his busy schedule arguing with robots and shut-ins on Twitter to come by and uh, talk to us about the Spurs. We got sports editor Nick Talbot sitting in. I am your host, Mike Finger, and I don't know if Spurs fans want us to make their uh, minds a little easier about what's going on with this this team so far, but it, it has not been good for the past couple of weeks. We are recording this before the uh, the trip to Dallas against the Mavericks. Whether or not they will have won that game since before you listen to this podcast probably doesn't affect your mood a whole lot. But Jeff McDonald, can you put anyone's mind at ease about the state of this team? No, I cannot. And so <laughs> should we just all call it a day and not cover any more? Is that there, an option? Is, is I didn't there, know that is, was an option. Is there? Well, the thing is you would not no longer receive a paycheck. Oh, right? then no. I think uh, so I have to make up some stuff for yeah. why we should keep covering this team. I, I think one of the most scariest things when I was looking at the numbers – today or yesterday was that everyone's harping on Marco Bellinelli this year, but the most effective lineups this year, the plus minus, all Marco Bellinelli yeah, positive. It's and crazy. it's absolutely crazy. He's the, wor- he's, the wor- he's the worst player on the floor individually, but without him, they're all their, every single lineup is negative, which is, is strange. I mean, stats are stats, but it's just very strange to see that the worst player on the floor is the most poverty affected, which tells you how dysfunctional this team is. There's, there's been a weird. Um, Do you want to introduce our, uh, our guest here? I did. Oh, you yeah, did. Yeah, he, he, he said my name once while you were looking down at your phone, arguing yeah. with robots oh. and yeah. Shut he, it. Sorry, he, sorry. You Continue. literally got into an argument with a guy named Dude today. He was just Dude. Yeah. Well, that's the guy from uh, the Big Lebowski. That's what he, <laughs> that's what he does. The. The thing about the lineups, that's sort of evolved over the past couple of weeks, whereas when the Spurs were still sort of winning, there was a lot of, why is Marco Bellinelli playing? Why are they not changing the starting lineup? And then it starts to go south, and there's still a little more of that. Now it's just like, I think there's acceptance that whoever is on, the, maybe I'm giving people too much credit, but there, there seems to be a sense of acceptance from the rational public that this is not one lineup tweak away from suddenly being a contender. Like this, te- no matter how you mix and match the dudes on this roster, things aren't going to be optimal. Is it a playoff? Is it a tweak away from being like not a five and eight team? Well, I, I think there's that, that's uh, to being what a seven. And no 16? one really thinks. No one really thinks this is going to be a. I don't think anyone coming into the year thought this was going to be a contender. Right, but they thought they would be good enough to. Well, play. They, I think people thought they'd be a playoff contender. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah you... I, when when I mentioned contender, this is I no see. longer how okay. we use the word in San Antonio from '99 to I see. 2014. I mean, nowadays contending means contending maybe make for, the playoffs. Maybe yeah. make the playoffs. Yeah, the, and the, the way they proceed. Okay, and <laughs> and so like this team has fundamental flaws up and down. Could you improve the roster? I mean, Brent, Brent Forbes, who we all like um, as a guy, as an interview, even sometimes as a player, has probably, I shouldn't say probably, has the worst statistical net rating of the starters. Yes. And you could say, sub him out, get somebody else in there. Does that improve the team if, if that other person plays more minutes? Maybe. But 
you look at how a couple of these games have been lost over the past week or so, where leads have been blown and just they've screwed up the last minute of games. And yes, there have been some bad calls. Like I don't want to get into the whole DeRozan arguing about the officials. Thing. Why not? Let's do that. We'll do. We can do that in a little bit. But for now, let's just agree that the end of the Memphis game, the end of the what game was after Orlando that? game. Orlando game. There was one in between there where they got smashed. But. They got smashed in between. But Memphis, Orlando, and then sort of Portland. I mean, the, they had a the, fifteen point lead mm-hmm. in the fourth quarter. Right. But the, I mean, the Memphis and Orlando game specifically were just kind of flubbed uh, by the way the Spurs finished. The, the fact the Orlando game was egregious in that they got the ball back with a chance to tie with like 16 seconds left and, and basically didn't get a shot until Rudy threw one at the buzzer. Yeah. Like, and, and DeMar DeRozan, we love DeMar DeRozan in terms of an interview and as a guy. And I think he can be a productive player for a good team. And he has been a productive player for a good team. But the way that – I mean, he's not going to shoot a three-pointer there. He doesn't want to. So why is he dribbling the ball for 15 seconds while when you have to get a shot right away? Like that, that – I can see why Spurs fans want to tear their hair out when sure. games end that way. There was, there was similar breakdowns in the Memphis game at the end of Portland that kind of fell apart. And so – I'm not sure what I'm getting at here in terms of lineups, <laughs> but like the starting lineup doesn't no 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 tinkering to the starting lineup changes the way they kind of screwed up the end of the season. I mean, the only solution is to just be better. Like yes. people don't want to hear that, but that's right. just you be better or you don't make the playoffs. I mean, it doesn't make for a good podcast, but no. that's sort of what that's really what the solution I think everyone is. wants to know how they get better and just, I mean that and like don't do stupid stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Three-point shooting is still going to be a weakness of this team as long as DeMar is not shooting them and he's not going to shoot them, and it really makes him an ineffective player. As great as he is in this lineup, he's an ineffective player because there are no three-point shooters around him. It's true. I mean, it's been, it, it was, and it was the case last year. That's the other thing that it's, it, it's kind of tough to reconcile because last year this was the same team basically without DeJounte Murray, and they were good enough. And I don't know if, if – the Spurs have gotten worse than they were last year, or if there's just no more easy outs anymore. I mean, Memphis. It's a little Memphis, well, I think it's Memphis, a little Memphis bit both. is at the bottom of the conference. You've got to be able to win that game. But I mean, last year they lost to Phoenix. You're right. Lost, I mean, they did that last year. One way to look at it, I'm not saying that this is the way I look at it. But one way to look at it is there were you take you take a 13 game sample size of there were times they were five and eight. Yeah, in the middle mm-hmm. of that season. It's just it's at the beginning of the season, so you so you recognize yeah. it a little bit more. Well, uh, to to play the sky is falling card, I, I think one reason why this might be a little more disconcerting if you're mm-hmm. a Spurs fan mm-hmm. is because of a couple things. First of all, this team has had basically no injury problems so far. Nope, zero. Everybody else in the league seems S- to. Have. So when when you're going through these tough spots. During an average year, it could be, oh, you got a couple guys banged up and they're going to come back. This should be the time when they're making hay while the sun shines to that's, sound like a farmer. It's two podcasts in a row <laughs> you've used that. Well, Where are you I, from? I'm, I'm, I'm not from the city. The, uh, <laughs> the other thing is the schedule hasn't been incredibly difficult so far. There's, no. there's been the, – they played way more home games and road games up until the last week. Yeah. 
uh, they haven't played just terrible, terrible teams, but there aren't really many terrible teams no. left. No. no so, were... I don't know. The, the, on the one hand, you're right. The 5-8 the, the and eight record is magnified because it's been only 13 games, and there's probably times in other seasons. You mentioned in the year when they won 60-whatever games in 2011. They've lost six in a row that yeah, year. Yeah, we're not mm-hmm. going to bring right. that up. I, the only other thing, and this is not a great saving grace either, is somebody's got to make the playoffs. Like some of these teams are going to get I've, in. I've seen you make this argument before, and I think you're—I sort of think you're looking at it backwards. Maybe. Like, like I think it's true that there's only five locks in the West. Mm-hmm. But part of the reason why there's only five locks in the West is because there's twelve teams that are good enough to make it. Mm. Thirteen Maybe. teams that are good enough to make it. Maybe I don't like, know. Like in some, if the if the bottom of the the West was worse. You might say, like, you know, Dallas or Portland or somebody like that that has a lock. The reason they're not locks is because there's a lot of really good teams. Yeah, that's a good argument. Am but I wrong? No, I don't think you're nah, wrong. I think fair. when you look at it and you look at the just rosters like, and everything, I think the only team I, I just I don't see... think 48 wins is going to – I don't think it's gonna, that's going to be the cutoff. I, I don't think yeah. this team should be worried about what 48 wins gets. No. Exactly. Well, that's my point. I think you can win 42 games and make the playoffs. I think there are a lot of – so, so being five and eight isn't the end of the world right now. No, I think, and I still think you're looking at it backwards, <laughs> because I think there's so many teams of that. You're right. There's only five locks, but of the next six or seven, I would almost not guarantee, but I would expect that that two or three of those catch fire and become really, really good. And you're gonna laugh at like Dallas, at like Phoenix. Like at, Dallas is the next one I'd put in probably. Yeah. Um, any of the like, there's a lot of possibilities of those type of teams that could like Phoenix. Oklahoma, I'm not buying. What was your joke about Oklahoma City? Um, and I think you bought it from somebody else the other day. You said they're they're better than they want to be. Oh yeah, that was a the uh, who was it? It was a scout. That was oh yeah, it, I know it, who it was. It, it doesn't. You probably shouldn't mention his name. But the the <laughs> the the point there is like they don't even want to be good, and they're good enough to kind of catch fire. Yeah. and. and they don't have a terrible spot. lineup, though. I mean, if, if you look at that, if you look at it overall, as long as Chris Paul is healthy, the team's not terrible. Right. I mean, they got their stretch four. I mean, yeah, they have a great, they have a good center, even though Lamarcus point, Aldridge hates him. My I point mean, is, there aren't a whole lot of these teams that you just believe in, and somebody's going to get good enough to get in the playoffs. That that is and as that long is as valid. you're in that, as long as you're in that mix, you're you're. I'm not going to say okay, but you still have a shot. And this is this is heresy in San Antonio, but if you look at it objectively. Like, which team is more likely? And we can hear Jeff McDonald slurping on a big gulp in this soundproof room where everything is magnified. You have him just coming here and just being slovenly and, and like, not not treating this podcast with the respect it, it deserves. Is it at least a good flavor? I don't know. I don't know. But, like, we let... Are we, th- done, are we done with this? <laughs> okay. Okay. Just make, make your... make your. I don't even points. remember. I'm so distracted. Exactly. I'm so distracted. I'm bringing a bag of chips next time. <laughs> oh, that's... Last week, we were distracted by just the, the, the shoddy condition that this previously secure studio was left in. And, and, and I made a big deal about how this place needs to be treated with respect. And Jeff McDonald refused to, to, to buy into that. And I, it just bothers me. Anyway, we can move forward into what I was saying that probably didn't even make any sense. What do you want to talk about, Jeff? Uh, big gulps. <laughs> big gulps. <laughs> The other news of the week. I'm just here so I don't get fined. That's really accurate. <laughs> <laughs> the other news of the week had to do with history in that would appear to be in the making, and it turned out was not in the making. 
one of the I'm not here to make history. One of the more bizarre <laughs> um, evenings in the NBA so far happened Saturday night. Greg Popovich, as we all expected him to do at some point during this, got a pretty intentional couple of technical fouls to get kicked out of a game. The, the video is pretty funny on that. He uses the, um, I believe, an MF bomb and then follows that with kind of a nod, like, can I go now? <laughs> <laughs> Which has been done many Jeff can attest. Many, back when he used to sit next to Greg Popovich, that happened a lot, you would say? I, I, I tend to remember that, yeah. yeah. It's been a while. So... Some background on this before the season. Tom Orsborne, Tom Ringo Starr Orsborne, who is not with Where us is today. He? Is that up with the All Star Band on tour? I solo? believe so. It's up uh, in Dallas. He had he did a really good story talking to people about anticipating what we all knew was going to happen that Greg Popovich was going to get ejected from a game, and Becky Hammond, who is now the longest tenured front row assistant that the Spurs have, um, would seem to be the logical choice to take over. Now, now the Spurs. To their credit, over the years have always insisted there is no hierarchy of assistants, that all three of them are the same. Um, sort of, but we've always known who's the person that takes we've over. We've always there's, known who the person was that takes over. There's always been a lead assistant, even if they haven't labeled them as such. Right, correct. When, when Popovich has gotten kicked out before, we've always known who was on the sideline yes. and who was stepping Henry, up because it was apparent. Bud, and for all, of, for all of Becky's tenure here, that was Edery Messina. And so Tom, in, in the course of doing the story, had asked for some kind of confirmation that Becky would be that person. And Pop really didn't want to commit to it. Nobody with the Spurs organization would commit to it because Pop wasn't committing to it. So, But it, it seemed natural. She's the first listed whenever you see the list of Spurs mm-hmm. assistants. She's at the top. Mm-hmm. She's like Again, she's been around the longest. She tends to talk most in the huddles with Pop Um during the course of games. I mean, it, it, that's natural that that would happen. And, and the Spurs have been very progressive and very much a leader in terms of starting this trend of women as coaches. So you would think, of course, it'd be her. And so Pop gets kicked out, and there's this... I'm watching at home because, um, like, Sunday deadlines are ridiculous. But uh, <laughs> uh, uh, Sean Elliott, on the who we all know and love... During the broadcast, Bill Land says, you know, now the question is who takes over? And Sean Elliott says, oh, of course, it's going to be Becky. I mean, and Sean is very in tune with this team Mm. and has been Mm -hmm. for years. I mean, he he knows exactly what's going on. So Sean says it. We start kind of putting it out there on on Twitter that this could be history in the making, that presumably Mm -hmm. Becky is going to take over. And then watching the game, you from your crow's nest and the rest of us. odd. Yeah, we're trying to figure, kind of trying to just figure it out and play by play it. Yeah, no one from, stood from up. Before. No, like <laughs> I almost no I one would stand up. It's so strange. I almost wondered if they had talked about it beforehand. I don't know, but uh, it's, but it's it's it was it was fascinating. And then during the 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 coaches' timeouts, which all for people who haven't watched it before, the typical routine during a any NBA timeout is the Spurs and lots of other teams. The, the the coaches, the head coach and the assistants have one mini huddle for, yeah. for a, a few seconds and talk about what they're going to say. Then they go over and the head coach talks to the team as a group. Well, the, the three coaches, the three assistants, Will Hardy, Tim Duncan, and Becky Hammond, have one of those during the first timeout. And then Tim takes the first timeout. Mm-hmm. Is that right? He mm-hmm. was the one that talked the most in the first one. That's the first thing I noticed. And then, so, okay, is Tim in charge? And on, then on the broadcast... Uh, Bill Land, who presumably heard it from someone with the Spurs, says, well, back to there talking about this. It's, it's a three-person committee. Like, they're doing it. They're all sharing responsibilities. And that seemed plausible. seemed fine. 
And because then the next time out, there was definitely a time out when Becky was the person who addressed the team in the huddle. Like they sort of took turns on that. I'm not sure if Will Hardy ever did, but Becky 100% was in charge of a team. And those many huddles with the coaches, Becky seemed to be in charge. From my, you know, vantage point in the crow's nest. She did. With my binoculars, it seemed like the, um, you know, she was the one scribbling on the grease board. Right. So then I I... I think at one point during the broadcast, Bill had confirmed that Tim Duncan would be the person that would be in charge of the coach's challenge if there was one. But then apparently it was Becky who who called for the challenge that ended up yeah. making things worse <laughs> for the Spurs. Which we this, she had to challenge it. We're getting yeah. we're getting off on another tangent here, but the that's pretty bad whenever you can. Yeah. Make a I mean, coach's look, challenge and make it worse. We're sitting for the here team. talking about like they got to play better, and yeah, they're bad. And they play, but yeah. they've also just had a lot of bad luck. Yeah, a lot of like just bad things happen. They anyway, have. go ahead. So anyway, there's there's a lot of duties being shared here, and people think that well, even if if Becky's not technically in charge, she's she's part of the committee, that kind of thing. And it turns out that no history was made, I guess, because Greg Popovich asked after the game who took over for him says it was Timmy, and. Then I think he's, I think he's getting annoyed with the line of questioning. But someone mentions that hey, you could have made history, and he's not saying that was Ringo Starr. He's right. not saying, not to defend him here, but it came off really poorly. If if right, he says he's not interested in making history, and what he's basically doing there is like shutting down the question. He's saying that's that's not. Like our our team has just right. lost five games in a row, and it's not. I'm not about making history. Yeah, it came off really but poor. It came off really poorly. Really poorly, especially for someone that seems some. It's so progressive. Like it's his Popovich. I mean, that's like his. That's his thing. Is he's so progressive as a coach, yeah. and here you have him just completely shutting it down, and it's a really bad optics because here you have Tim Duncan, put in charge. Ten games in or thirteen games in the season right. over a, over a woman who's been here for how long? He's Six just years? not really in tune with like. Uh, what the rest of us are talking about. Right. What, like, right. No. The reason we're asking those questions is because of all the things that were going on on Twitter in that game and all those. Right. He's not in tune with any of that. The devil's advocate on that, it, when he hired Becky to begin with, and he's the first coach ever to hire a woman to be the full time front row assistant, um, he said then that it wasn't about making history. He said yeah. that it was about mm-hmm. hiring the best person for the job. So he's sort of being consistent on all that, but still. It, it it just made a a kind of a weird evening even weirder at the end of that. And then it, it turns out later that the reason it was Tim was because every assistant when when they when they go into these games, every assistant is assigned a, a team scout. Some if you're playing Orlando, it might be Will Hardy scouting Orlando. If you're playing Memphis, Becky Hemming might be scouting Memphis. And in this case, Tim Duncan was in charge of scouting Portland. That's how Pop allegedly picked him and it might have helped if if that was clarified right the game. right right or right. if pop had even clarified that and said no tim was in charge because of I mean, right. that was that's the way they i mean that, that was question. sometimes pop gets in these mindsets where i don't it's not my job to share my thinking with you and uh i i don't want to let you in onto my thought process on this but in doing so it can kind of hurt the message in yeah. a way yeah, and the crazy thing was that he was really good before the game and shared a lot of stuff. And then after the game, he was, I mean, obviously the way they lost well, and get ejected and everything, but he was very, you know, well, typical th- to Greg Popovich. This, 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 Mr. Nick Talbot is a long standing, and Jeff can attest to this, is a long standing phenomenon with Greg Popovich. You get him 
you get good Greg Popovich once per day. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. Right. So if right. he's if he's good at shoot around, he's don't not even gonna, show up that night. Yeah. If he's good at shoot around <laughs> in the morning, he's not going to be good in the evening. If he's good, if if he's bad pregame, there's a good chance he could be really good postgame. But if he's good pregame, like they could win by fifty, they could lose by fifty. He's not going to be good postgame. He kind of just psychs himself up for one really good intercession interview session a day. If you're lucky. If you're, if you're, if you're lucky. lucky. <laughs> and and that's it. So that's not a surprise. But, um, yeah. the I, I would think that at some point this season, this isn't going to be the last time that Pop gets ejected in his career, and the next time it could be Becky. I suppose so. It, 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 I it suppose was, so. It was, just a, it was just a weird story all around. Cause it, was then, a, it, was it, it was weird all around. You think they would have had some kind of plan knowing that there might have been backlash if it wasn't her, because I mean, there was back. I mean, at least on I Twitter, I guarantee there was you, he doesn't think. But he doesn't backlash. care. Yeah, someone <laughs> should have thought of that. But yeah. I mean, obviously the Spurs PR department did as soon as it happened so, because they came running. But so, and this is going to bore our our listeners to tears. But there might be a couple who are somewhat interested. Uh, Jeff McDonald, the Spurs beat writer, Saturday nights are our earliest deadline of the week because we need an extra hour to get our Sunday paper to all our loyal subscribers. And by the way, subscribe, oh, to, the, yeah, subscribe to the Express nice News. Subscribe to our Spurs Nation news, uh, newsletter. Are you ever going to pronounce newsletter correctly? No. On the first, is, that, is that kind of your thing? No. It's, my, it's, it's branding. <laughs> to the Spurs <laughs> Nation lose newsletter. Do all that. Um, the 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 podcast, by the way, on your favorite podcast app, go ahead and rate us. Like like write a review. I hear other podcasts people say that. I don't know if that helps us or not. But like I feel like that should be and 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 you know, do all that stuff. Would not recommend. <laughs> Would not recommend. Anyway, oh, but what I was going to get into to to the Jeff McDonald thing. So that's the tightest deadline of the week is Saturday night. You're writing the story that could be um, during this game. This game story probably when Pop is was way too much. You're, you're thinking about: Am I writing a story about history being made? And then, so how did you have to readjust? Here's the, there? Here's the whole. The, well, what was bad about that? It was just too much in one game. Yeah. It started with Pop is so good pregame. Yeah, like he was amazing, just talking about everything that ails the team. So what was your lead? That's sort what of was your lead that's, before that's, he got that's ejected. sort of like nothing that happens tonight. Really, you you can make that work either way. Either they mm-hmm. got the message or didn't. So you, so you a, almost went in with like, I've got a pre-written story. I just got off the boat from Orlando like an hour ago. This will be an easy night. And if it, why did you take a boat from Orlando? Um, well, it was a Disney cruise. Back. <laughs> <laughs> That's my second job, actually. I'm a, so, in the cabaret. So there. the um, <laughs> so that was my first thought. Was it's going to be easy? Like, so so when Pop gets ejected, you feel like, and then they're getting murdered. Right, they're getting murdered. So you have a you already that fits right into your yeah. game story about yeah. Pop talking about what ails them. Yeah. So then Pop gets ejected, and you're thinking, oh, this might be a Becky story. Right? Yeah. Well, yeah, or something like. It was almost like, oh crap! I didn't need this tonight. Right. Like, this needed to be a different night. I mm-hmm. thought the same thing when I'm watching at home. I'm thinking, I wish this would have happened at a game where I was at, and it was a 6 p.m. tip where I could make <laughs> so you something got, out of this. So you got the good pop beforehand. Yeah. Now they're getting murdered. Then pop gets ejected. Oh, it's a Becky story, or maybe it's not, or even it's a Tim story, yeah. or. Oh, but then now they're up 15, and they've yeah. come back, and that's a good story. But then they lost it, and then there's DeMar at the end, like, getting screwed. Like, there's way too much uh-huh. for, for a game story. So, yeah. And it was, and it was a 7.30 tip, and your, and your copy was due tip. at 9.45, 10 o'clock? N- no. What time? What, you, you were in charge. 10.20. Yeah, I would copy in charge at 10.20. And yeah. some people, yeah. some poor people out in Bernie and Corpus Christi had to read my copy that's, that was, like, 200 words, because that's all we could get is in Is it bad night. that I don't know when my deadline is? <laughs> <laughs> I just come in and I just come in the press room and I just say, "Hey Jeff, you got that story yet?" 
yet? And, then, and he's like, like no! two minutes, two minutes, no, no. DeMar's and, in there calling BS on stuff. <laughs> this audio will be used against you at your next uh, evaluation. Uh, he, does, he does not know his, de- his own deadline. <laughs> but yeah, that that was a that was a crazy night in terms of the the different leads that you had and the different. I mean, what what, what? I, I I did have the distinct feeling when Pop got ejected, like, no, nah, I did not need this tonight. This needed yeah. to be a different night, like on the East Coast somewhere, right? Right. Where there's a six o'clock tip. I had the opposite problem. I had to fit all that into 250 words. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so we could hold it to the cover, so we could send that off at 9:45, so someone could see the score. Did we're we're nearing the the end of our allotted time? There's so much material. This, did, I, did we skip anything? Is there uh, anything I'm we needed sh- to talk about? Did we, we need to talk about Lonnie Walker and Marco Bellinelli like we always do. We always talk about <laughs> this is the this is a Lonnie we Marco, Marco free kind of, but we didn't obsess over it. Damari Carroll, Damari Carroll, Ringo Starr. So much to talk about next time. Ringo Starr should come back with a wealth of intelligence from his tour. <laughs> Ringo's doing Dallas and uh, DC. The, the the that classic Dallas DC trip. <laughs> yeah, that old chestnut. That, that old ch- He's also doing a uh, Toronto Miami this year. Yeah, too. that's a heck of a. Those yeah. are the games where like yeah. Anyway, they have some weird trips. Anyway, anyway the 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 bottom line is we probably did not make our Spurs insider podcast listeners feel much better about what's going on, but maybe there was a little insight there. We will uh, be Just back a little. at you. Next time when Jeff might be bringing like an entire meatloaf or something. Meat, meatloaf? We'll call, it, we'll call it a potluck next that's time. True. About that. We'll just have a potluck, Jeff. <laughs> that's true. Um, but anyway, I, I, the bottom line here is that <laughs> bring I bring a whole turkey leg. I would just like. We'll be around Thanksgiving. Some respect for the process. Uh-huh. What hurts the most is <laughs> the lack of respect. About what you bring that in. It's the lack of respect. It might hurt the second most, <laughs> but what hurts the most is the lack of respect. Anyway, thanks for listening. We have uh, there's there's a lot of road games coming up. We should have lots to talk about after they get back from the road trip. Whether they win one game, whether they win zero games, whether they win more than four zero. What if they go four zero? Go four zero. Thanks for listening. Uh, subscribe to us on all those accounts, on all those podcast places. Uh, subscribe to the Spurs Nation Lose News newsletter. And uh, check out all the coverage on expressnews.com. Uh, until then, take care of each other and keep it real.